This week on Sabbath School Rescue, we journey from furnace to palace as we explore the Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath School Quarterly for January 18 to 24. Let's learn about a golden image and some unlikely heroes who were tested by fire. The Sabbath School Rescue podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. Together, we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, so this week's lesson from Furnace to Palace, uh, Dr. Campbell, would you mind starting us off with a memory text? Absolutely. Our text comes from Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 from the New King James. Our God in whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. All right. That's what I'm talking about. So what comes to your mind when you first read that? Well, it sounds just like a, a challenge and the whole aspect of having to stand up for one's faith. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know this week we're going to be looking at a lot of different correlations into our own lives, our own tests, our own trials. But exactly that. We want to have that gusto to stand up for God no matter what. And, and who hasn't experienced challenges to their faith? I, I know I have. <laughs> me too. So uh, can you tell me a little bit more about Sabbath afternoons? Uh, what, what were they trying to share with us there? Well, basically that here are these Hebrew young people, these three Hebrew young people. And in the midst of their experience there in Babylon, uh, the king basically is on a power trip. And he just wants to be adulated. And, and he is a bit uncertain, as we've already looked at earlier, about how there's an image of successive kingdoms. And he's like, no way, and we're not going there. And so he wants his own kingdom to be established forever. So it's his authority that seems to be challenged. And in the midst of that, the faith of these young people is challenged. Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, I, I wrote down a little note here, which is this lesson is all about worship, and we need to choose wisely, wisely and truthfully. I kind of mix together wise, wisely and truthfully there, right? I like that. We need to choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just digging right into the lesson for this week, I mean, we go right from there and the challenges that they face to this actual image. I mean... Talk about a, a crazy situation, Daniel chapter 3, uh, with a king that is, is, um, just seems out of control, but there's no one else to rule him in, and he, he just wants to uh, make it all about himself. You know, uh, it, was, it was years ago that I heard, you know, I've read through Daniel before, but realizing the correlation between Daniel 2 and Daniel 3 mm. of... Daniel receiving the uh, of the vision of this statue that wasn't going to be there forever, but God's kingdom. And then right away, Nebuchadnezzar says, oh, yeah, well, let me make this statue that is going to be forever, right? I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine that, to have that kind of hubris, um, the the to to want to say hey you you may think but i i i'm i'm all that and um i'm gonna show you what i'm made of and you know it asks this question here and i think it's pertinent to us today what likely motivates the king to make the statue yeah i mean that's a great uh question buster because uh you know, I, I think it's right down, this this comes right down to the very core of our human nature of who we are as people, as human beings, and that's a tendency, uh, our sinful human natures, but that of, of, of just pride, you know, of, you know, we don't want to let go of things, and so 
Um, there's also a dimension of shame and honor. I mean, he he just feels like he's been disrespected. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, it's that five letter monster that rises up in all of our lives. P R I D E, correct? Absolutely. And I mean, and truthfully, I mean, who you know, any one of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, there's been moments in our lives where we've allowed uh, that 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 pride, that P R I D. IDE to just take a hold of us and not realize that really we're making it about ourselves. So let me ask you this question. How do we keep ourselves from falling into that trap? Well, you know, that's that's a good question uh, because here you have the king of Babylon, but uh, really at the end of the day, the only only way to not fall in, in that trap is to surrender our lives to Jesus. Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite texts is uh, Philippians 2. It tells us that Jesus did not consider it robbery, even though he was equal to man, but yet he became a servant to us, right? Yeah, that, that beautiful hymn of servanthood, of servant leadership. Uh, and what a great example and contrast the life of Jesus is to that of Nebuchadnezzar here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. <laughs> All right, so I think that's a, a natural transition into Monday's lesson, which is uh, Daniel 3, 8 through 15, uh, correlating as well to Revelation 13, 11 through 18, which is the call to worship and ask the question, what parallels can we see between what happens in Daniel's time and what will happen in the future? Well, that is a great question because uh, looking at Daniel chapter three uh, verses eight uh, through 15 is basically, it's a rather lengthy passage. So I don't think we're going to read the whole thing here, but, but basically they are um, challenged and, uh, as to what they would do with their faith, and um, and in response, when when they refuse to kneel before the image, I mean that's the test of their faith is to kneel down before the image, this golden image made uh, to honor Nebuchadnezzar. Um, they refuse to do that. In verse thirteen, it says that Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage and fury, I mean, who wants to make the king mad? <laughs> yeah, not me. <laughs> no, me I've neither. heard the phrase "off with his head." Right. This is. It's even worse. Yeah, I mean... Into the furnace. <laughs> he is an absolute monarchy, you know. He's he's the king and he knows it. And, uh, yeah, uh, so there they are. And he, he commands Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought before the king. So if you could just imagine what kind of challenge that would be. I mean, it's one thing to have faith and stand for your faith, but then people notice that you didn't kneel before the image and now you've been caught and you have to now go before the king. That's, that's pretty intense. You know, you know, historically speaking, what would it be like if you're one of those uh, astrologers, Chaldeans, you're one of the magicians, whatever else it might be. And you see these three Hebrew boys who come into power and this is your chance to get them. Right. Yeah. I would, I would make sure that they got noticed by, for the, by the king, huh? Yeah, exactly. That's what they did. And then the king does what a king does, right? Yeah. Into the, into the furnace. How dare you challenge my authority? So, so they were called to bow down to this image and then revelation, uh, uh, 13, 11 through 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to read the entire thing as well, but it says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. But this is where it really gets dicey. It says, And he exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Right? And so we see this thing, it's, once again, it's about worshiping this image. Mm-hmm. And uh, there at the very end, verse 18, it says, And the number of this beast, is, his number is 666. 
You know, driving home from school yesterday, I saw a license plate that said 666. I did as well. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I took a picture of it, I know it's not, we we're at a stoplight, so it was, it was safe. Oh, okay. All I right. I took a picture. I promise. I'm, I'm glad you were safe, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> But if you read and you look at the measurements of mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar's statue, it's 60 cubits, uh, 60 cubits and 6 cubits, 666. So there's obviously a correlation there in terms of the, the writer here is trying to allude to something very significant. Yes. Uh, so those of you who are out there who are afraid, there's not going to be a literal uh, branding of 666 into your forehead and your hand. This is about worshiping and who you're worshiping, and what you're worshiping. We need to be worshiping Jesus, Jesus alone. I'm, I'm still glad my license plate isn't 666. Absolutely. I think as a pastor, <laughs> we get a get-out-of-license-free uh, card and get to change it. I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's just this fundamental issue throughout the Bible of when people start building images, there seems to be a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And we can proverbially build images of ourselves Maybe this today's the day that we need to tear even those down. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the that's the most I think that's the most difficult image to to tear down because it's easier to see those images elsewhere. But when we realize that it's our own pride and and our own whatever it is that we've made of ourselves, um, and God is saying, "Hey, um, I want you to surrender every aspect of your life, including whatever that might be, whatever that image in your life that you might be." Uh, uh, Placing as a idol as, as some kind of image in your own life, and um, God challenges us take those images down. Ah, absolutely, I, I agree with that. So now we come to the nitty gritty, the test of fire. I feel like there should be like a thunder or lightning behind there because this is a scary moment, right? Yeah, nobody likes fire. No, no. If you do, please get help for that. Well, and even just last week we had the the bad weather coming through uh here in dallas fort worth and uh, the tornadoes and and i know for my family they were scared my kids were scared of the tornadoes but you know what was really bad it wasn't all the bad weather and there's even a tornado two miles from our house but but what was really scary is right in our subdivision a house burned down to the ground it got hit by lightning i saw that on the news i didn't know it was so close to your house yeah it was really close and wow. um so fire, I don't like fire. So we actually had to go drive by it yesterday just to have a look and see what this burned down house looked like. But uh, pretty pretty intense. I, I don't like fire. It's scary. No. Well, glad that the people in the house were gone on vacation too. Yes, and everyone is safe. <laughs> that's good to get to know those podcasters who are listening. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So a test of fire. And so here they are. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he is mad. And, and then what happens next, Buster? Well, here at this moment, he is asking them to go ahead and bow down, and he is commanding them to bow down. Uh, matter of fact, here in the lesson, it ties into a couple other texts, Exodus 23 through 6 and Deuteronomy 6 and 4. But there it's just reiterating that we shouldn't bow down to anything or anyone except for our God, Jesus Christ. Um, so here he's telling them, he's saying bow down and or else. And what do they do, Michael? Well, they they refuse. They they stand for their faith. They they're not going to let anything deter them, even if it means sacrificing their own lives. And they're willing to put their life on the line, and, and that's what they do. So, 
Uh, and, and they're remembering, I'm sure they would have remembered, uh, here we have these references in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 6. These are the two expressions of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, that not everybody realizes the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments appears twice yes. in the Pentateuch. These are the two examples. It says, put me first before any other images. <laughs> and, and here they, as faithful men of God stand firm for their faith. They say, we will not, we will still not do it, no matter what kind of pressure, you can't force us to do that. You know, something I found is that their decision to not bow down was not made in the moment. It was made when they, Daniel 1, 8, when they mm-hmm. purpose in their heart not to partake of the king's food and his mm-hmm. delicacies, that was the time they were making those decisions. So our small decisions lead up to the large ones. You know, I really appreciate that, Buster, because I think that's one of the challenges that as an Adventist that I, I kind of have wondered in my mind is is how to be ready for the end times, right? And um, and I, I thought about that, you know, and sometimes there's a temptation to want to try to make sure that all these different things that you can do to try to be ready and make yourself self-sufficient. But uh, really, that's not what it is. It isn't all those physical things. It's the spiritual things and it's our characters, and I love how Ellen White talks about our characters aren't one single moment. It's the work of a lifetime. Amen. Amen. So they, they, just like you said, they had been making good choices all the way along. And that gives me hope because when we're at the end of time, just like these people, these, these young men being tested, um, it's the, the trajectory of our lives each and every day, daily surrendering to Jesus, that really makes a difference. You know, I was going to ask the question they ask at the end of uh... – Tuesday's lesson, which is, where do you get this kind of faith? But you just answer that. It's a lifetime full of decisions of surrendering to Christ. That's the way we get that kind of faith. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not, look at me, I'm like some super Christian. I'm some super spiritual person. It's, it's our source of strength comes through relationship with, with our creator. And, um, and then finally, when the test comes, only through that can we be actually ready. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, so let's go on, and, and, and uh, Wednesday's lesson actually talks about the fourth man. And this is not a sporting, refer- uh, this is not a sporting reference. Uh, this is not a sixth man. This is the fourth man. And what are they talking about there? Well, this is, uh, this is my favorite part of the story yes. because, you know, they are thrown literally into the fire. Nebuchadnezzar thinks he's done with these turkeys, these guys that aren't going to listen to him and show him respect. And then as he's looking at that, and they make the fire hotter, and, and uh, it's, it's terrible. And uh, yet in the midst of that, they finally see, Nebuchadnezzar sees one additional person. And that's revealed to us here, um, that identity uh, in verse 25 that figure is the Son of God. Amen. And I love how in the midst of even our greatest trials, that Jesus, if we surrender our lives to him, that Jesus will be there with us through the midst of the fire. You know, uh, Joseph Kidder, when I took one of his classes in seminary, he shared that line. It stuck with me. It's profound. He says, a lot of times we want God to save us from the fire, but God saves us in the midst of the fire. Beautiful. Amen. And he's with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who can't think of different experiences where we've experienced a little bit of fire in our lives, right? Yeah. God doesn't promise to protect us that we will never have any challenges or any other problems in our life. I mean, I'm sure you could probably think of some experiences of fire. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, as you say that, when I was nine years old, our, our house caught fire, didn't burn everything down. Oh, my. We're out of there for about a couple of months. They restored everything and kind of reminds me of this, which is 
sometimes fire has a, re- a restorative property about it. Mm. I think of in Zechariah, it says, I'll bring you through the midst of the fire to, 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 to uh, build you up, uh, to refine you. And uh, I, I love the fact that God can save us in the midst of the fire, but he can also use fire to restore us. Mm. What a beautiful metaphor to remind us of God's power to even use the, the greatest challenges and to make good out of them. Yeah, absolutely he does. Well, moving right along here with the uh, as Jesus shows up and uh, and I, you know as those who are listening to this, I, I want you to think about uh, whatever fire and experience that you may be facing in your own personal life. Um, surrender that to Jesus. Let let Jesus be there with you through the midst of those difficult uh, circumstances, whatever they may be. Jesus wants to be there with you. It does, or He does, I should say. And as I was thinking about the secret to faith, which is Friday's lesson to such a faith. Uh, it led me to one of my favorite just single individual texts, which is Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When we seek God, when we, when we love him, when we, when we come after him, he rewards us with his presence and he rewards us with extra dose of faith. Well, I, we, we all need that, don't we? I, I know that I do. And uh, I, I love that we end up the week with this uh, reference to Hebrews 11. Uh, it was just an origin of the Bible class. We're talking about um, the significance of, of the Bible. How, and one of the, the hallmarks of what makes the Bible unique is the way God views history and the way God tells the stories of history. Here's these great men and women of faith and yet um, God tells the story, and he tells the nitty-gritty where not only where they had successes, but also where they had failures, where God kept working with them. And um, faith isn't about being, you know, their stories here isn't about being some kind of spiritual superman or superwoman. It's about uh, surrendering their lives. And so in the midst of those challenges, um, they allowed God to work. Absolutely. I love it. And I love seeing God work, and even more so, I love it when God uses his people and works through them as well. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, I think that puts a wrap for this week. Yeah. I guess you can say this is Soups and Swoops signing out. All right. See you next week. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.